everybody, Psychic Medium Angelo here, along with the guru, the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling, my co-host, the affable, always happy, always smiling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Jeff, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Really good. How are you doing there, Angelo? I am wonderful. Listen, I just got to put a shout out right, right from the get-go here. Thank you to Davey O'Hannon. I want to hug you. Mm-hmm. Our numbers, like, literally skyrocketed in one day. Yep. I cannot believe the downloads that show got. And, and that's, if I'm not mistaken, it's just off of our main platform, off of Podbean, that we're seeing this huge spike that isn't all the yeah. way around. That's just off of Podbean. I don't know what iTunes or iHeart... Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, and the aliens and Mars, we don't know what they're listening to either. But you know right. what? I mean, by golly, Podbean, thank you, Davey. Thank you very much. Bless you. Yeah. We, I'll <laughs> tell you what. And I, I left the message on his phone. Yeah. To let him know, if you think people forgot about you, brother, let me tell you something. You got, you got a following you don't even know about, bro. I'll tell you what he would... You know, it's uh, what I had told you, you know, when me and you were talking on, off the air earlier today. I, I mean, he may he may be wise. I know you said he does a, a couple of appearances, but he may be wise to try to hook up on more than just a couple a year. Um, it sounds like he, yeah. he's uh, uh, well-liked and well, you know, wanting people are wanting to see him. And respected. That's the big thing. He's yes. respected. It, I, I mean, I've gotten contacted from friends of mine in the business. That right. have heard the episode and they were laughing at the stories that we got him to tell. Oh my God! I would, I would love, <laughs> Jay. I would love. Can you imagine the stories between Davey O'Hannon and Cowboy Johnny Mantell, who, by the way, will be a guest like, fe- on the show February fourth? That is, uh, that is going to be crazy right there. I mean, just alone because they were down in the Texas territories together, down there in um. Yep, they Dallas sure were. And, yeah, um, they uh, they they worked uh, uh, Amarillo. Uh-huh. They worked uh, Dallas Fort Worth for a uh, for a small bit. Uh, Oklahoma with Bill Watts. Yep. And uh, uh, that that right there. There's a show I mean, right there. Very, very well rounded and um, or well known. I mean, down there in Texas area. And, um, oh yeah. I'm looking forward to actually having him on. I, I got familiar with his work a little bit later than uh, maybe others. Uh, it was on when it used to come on ESPN. ESPN had the Legends of World Class, and that yeah. was how I was introduced to Johnny Mantel and yep. him doing. I want to say he did like a saddle angle where the loser had to wear a saddle around the ring or something. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually a clip of it up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, there. Um, but I mean, he did more than just that. That was just something funny. I remember him doing. Yeah. He, very, very, uh, very good, good guy in the ring. So he's a hell of a worker too. He's, a, you know, he's a shoot. He's a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, stretch if he wanted to. Well, but most of the old school guys could. Absolutely. I, I think we, when we spoke to Davey, we gathered that even the smaller guys. You know, he talked about getting stretched by a guy that was, you know, 215 pounds. Exactly. So, and here he was 260 at the time. It's, uh, um, now, uh, real quick, um, just a little bit of notes uh, that have been going on here last couple days. Um, okay. 
news, news, newsworthy notes. Uh, I believe it was Jimmy Uso. I don't know. I'm making sure I may be wrong on which Uso it was, but the Uso who had the DUI charge was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. Okay. So, for, um, for people who don't know what you're talking about. Yes, for our listeners uh, let me other just countries. Fill, yeah, let me fill everybody in. I believe it was, it may have, I think it was actually Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. It was Jay Uso was arrested. And he wrestles uh, with Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy? I, uh, well, anyway, they, well, hey, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. W- one of the Usos, I can't tell them apart anymore. <laughs> uh, no, they look alike. I mean, they are. They're they're twins. So uh, they were arrested uh, and charged um, and fined, but a court hearing was given, which was unusual in that case because normally they would charge you, fine you, you'd pay your fine, and you'd be on your happy little way. But he was charged with a DUI, and this would have been yeah. his second one. Second and time around. That's that's why they didn't let him go. And um, and because of that, you know, but he was found not guilty. So right. true. Um, basically, he 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 didn't really blow over the legal limit. All they had him on was speeding and swerving on the line. Well, right. I'm. I mean, when I've gone high rates of speed, I've been known to kind of wobble myself a little bit. So. Right. Um, I'm not making excuses for the man. I'm just saying he was found not guilty. That's cool. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully good for we, him, you know. Yeah, and because and, and here's the bad thing. This is what is kind of bad. Let me is, before you get into that, let me ask you a question, really important question. Yeah. Does he still have a job? Yes. Okay. This is what I that's what I was gonna get at. Here's the bad thing though, is when you're in a tag team like he is with his brother and his wife is part of the team as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. When one member goes down, they all go down. So they've all been off of TV. And Naomi, right? uh, What what was that? That's Naomi, right? The wife. Naomi. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, and basically what it was was because he was, had the court case outstanding, his passport was being held. So he wasn't able to go to Canada or Europe or any of the tours. Yeah, so he was slight. And, you know, as crazy as it sounds, it was a good thing. Gave them a break off the road, refreshes them, makes the fans, you know, happier when they come back. So And hopefully it gave him a chance to think about the stupid shit that he's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that he has been advised to... Uh, Maybe go go seek uh, help if needed. So now is um, will he be entered into the wellness program? No, the wellness program is um, that is well. That's like I said, he's been advised to go into a, a program of sorts. Wellness okay. is when they pull you off and you violate it for drugs. All and right, that, that's what they call the wellness program. You know, is Jeff, that's a good point because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Whether that was drug, alcohol, or other kind of dependencies. It's all drugs is, is what the, when they pop you for, for the wellness, they, as they have said, if they pop for alcohol, a lot of them would be screwed. But when they pop you for other drugs, you're okay. Yeah. And even crazier um, was uh, Ryback recently came out and said, 
half half or the majority of the boys all smoke weed for pain yeah. pain relief. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, "What was funny is once the office kind of gets the the clue that you you may be a little bit of a pothead, right? Twenty five hundred dollars fine." He said, "Almost yeah. every month after that, they start <laughs> they start finding you." So. You know what? Let me um, go ahead. I'm going to give our, our special guest here tonight a quick. Well, call. before you do that, tell everybody who our special guest is. Our special guest is an East. I Coast think people want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> our special guest is an ECW original. Um, now a member or, or, or recently seen on the NWA. He has made his way. He's done almost 30 tours of Japan. He is the one, the only C.W. Anderson. All so, right. All right. Let me go ahead. I'm going to ring him up and let me see uh, what we got going on here. All right. And so while Jeff is doing that, let me give everybody a heads up on what we've got coming on here. Um, on February the 4th, just confirmed tonight, the Texan, Big Tex, Cowboy, Johnny Mantell. He'll be here on in February, on February the 4th. And uh, I think Jeff is about ready to get CW on the phone. Hey, brother, you you able to go ahead and do the thing? Sure. All right, I'm going to go ahead and um, pull you on. I'm going to introduce you, you know, do the usual ECW original. Now, just recently seen on the uh, NWA and your current AML champion, Mr. C.W. Anderson. We're going to roll from there. Jeff, he knows that. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you lost it. So you must have lost it on night three. Oh, you lost it to George. You lost it back to George. Okay. Okay. I am going to put over your series of matches that you've had with him, by the way. Okay. All right. You ready? Here we go. And my uh, co-host, his name is Angelo, by the way. So, all right. Here we go. All right, Angelo, are you there? I am here. Live right. person. All right. It is my pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to introduce the one and the only ECW original, Mr. C.W. Anderson, former AML champion, recently lost that at WrestleCade, uh, George South. And uh, go ahead, C.W., how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Jeff. And you forgot to mention that we were friends, so you forgot to throw that in there as well. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you, know. you know, CW, let me tell you something. First of all, this is Angelo here. Pleasure to know you. I can, I can barely hear you, so uh, I'm, I'm listening intently. Okay. Can you hear him now? A little bit better? Uh, go ahead, Angelo. All right, there you go. Yeah, I was just, just saying that, you know, Jeff is a little long-winded, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, keep it short and sweet, introduce the guy, let him come on, we'll talk to him, and he'll tell us about himself. Now I know everything about you and I don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, CW, I, I, you know, earlier when uh, we were telling the, everybody that you were going to be coming on the show, I mentioned you have done close to 30 tours of Japan. Am I correct on that one? Actually, it's 50. 50? I just did my fiftieth one about three or four years ago. Wow, that was uh, that was when um, you and um, you and uh, you and uh, Karina were over there for the reunion, right? Yes, yeah, the fifteen year reunion. So I would have put it in two thousand sixteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 
one was the answer was an eight zero one. And Steve and I went back on their fifteen. Wow. Now you just got done with a recent series of matches with George South, who a lot of fans are probably familiar with. He goes back to the early eighties even. And I mean, that was probably some of the most tremendous old school wrestling that I myself have seen in a very, very, very long time. Thank you. Um, That's what we tried, we tried to do. I mean, that, and that is, you can find that over on the AML uh, website. Um, yep. And uh, so, um, real quick, why, why don't we just get down to the basics really quick? What year did you get started? When did you make your uh, actual debut here with uh, wrestling? December 4th, 1993. Wow. And who was your opponent? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> something. He was running. He did a Valentine thing. That's what, that was a gimmick thing. It was just a Valentine. I, I remember that. I can't remember his first name for the life of me right now. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, you know, my, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because... was my first official wrestling match. Gotcha. I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed because everybody remembers their first time, you know. Right. <laughs> well, everybody yeah. remembers their first time. I, I'll tell everybody really quick. The first time I ever saw you in action was in Norfolk, and you're involved in a uh, street fight with Pat Anderson and yourself uh, against Steve Carino and Adam Flash. And, was that at the bowling alley? Yeah, it was at the bowling alley, and, and y'all were the NWA World Tag Champs at the time. Right. And right. God, that's ages ago. <laughs> I was like, I, I believe that was probably right around 96, 97. Easily, easily around 96. Yeah. And, um, Steve, Steve and I were really close then, and we even got, of course, any closer at ECW. But, um, yeah, I, was, I remember that because we didn't get paid for it. Of course not, because you were working with Dexter Holly. <laughs> yep. Now, um, now you got you know everybody basically knows that you got there with ECW. Who kind of gave you your start there with uh, the ECW? I mean, how did you get your you know start over there with ECW? Um, I have to backtrack a little bit because okay. I, I was training. I was training people here right down the road from where I live at now, and one of my students was Brad Kane, who ended up being Lodi Raven sign guy. Yep. Um, through that, uh, one of his tag team partners, his name was Curtis White. They called him Toad. He did a little bit near the end of WCW, called him Frog with GT13. Uh, was another one of my students. Well, uh, Toad got a tryout because of Lodi, because he asked Raven, Raven asked Dreamer. <clears throat> so they got a tryout. Well, the night before, which was a Saturday night, Toad and I wrestled with Public Enemy, and he was going down to do the tryout. And he wanted me to go. I really didn't want to go. And uh, he basically drug me down there to the tryout. And he had his tryout. And I was catching up with Carino because Carino had been at ECW about six months already. Um, Nova, I got I had a bunch of people. Nova was one of them. And after his tryout, which didn't go well, he was actually part of a paired up with Um He Nova looks at me and wants me to get my gear, I get my gear on, make a long story short, I got done with my little five-minute match with Simon Diamond, um, Paul Heyman was sitting in the bleachers, told Bill Alfonso to get me back in the ring, I was in there for like another hour at the end of it, I go in the bathroom because the door's open, and Paul Heyman walks back to find me and introduces himself, and we get to talk, 
finds out that I'm at the power plant, that I'm not under contract, um, tells me not to leave before he speaks to me at the end of the night. And before the show starts, Jim Molino comes against me, and I walk backstage in the locker room, and Paul Heyman is sitting there with Vito LaGraspa, who was Skull Von Crutch at the time, Danny Doyne and Roadkill, and he introduces me to him, tells me I'm tagging Skull Von Crutch, and we're third match and welcome to ECW. Wow. Wow. Now, now CW, I, I've got a question for you. Sure. Had you known Stevie Carino before you got to ECW? I met Carino the first year in the business um, at a local show in Greensboro, North Carolina. We were on a local indie show. <clears throat> and Steve walked by and said something funny, and I made a funny comment, and we clicked. Mm -hmm. We became friends that night, and we were close, and I traveled around with him on the indies, and um, we got even closer once we got to ECW. We became literally best friends. We've been best friends for 25 years. And and recently, um, just uh, if I'm not mistaken, you had a match with Colby, actually, didn't you? I did. I had a fantastic match that you can find on the AML Wrestling Network or the High Spots Network uh, in September. Colby and I, Colby fought me for my AML title, and it was it was a match of the year candidate, and along with my other ones. Uh, it was a fantastic. It was so good that the commentators were clapping. It was like you could hear them what a match. <laughs> you, you had two matches that qualified for match of the year. Oh yeah, easily. I've had I've had four, three to three to four. The, the, wow. This year alone, and I mean, this year has kind of I would say been kind of a career resurgence for you as far as uh, everything that you've been doing with your, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, uh, the fans out there that are listening. I mean. You just recently appeared on the NWA Power Show, and um, with uh, the new season that just started up, correct? Uh, are you going to be? Are you going to be getting a run with them? Um, I said, are you going to be getting a run with them here, or uh, was? I don't know. I filmed um, the next day of TV is another match of mine coming up that will be aired uh, sometime in mid to late January. Um, but I, I don't know. I hope so. I enjoy being there. They have a fantastic locker room. You know, I was friends with Billy Corgan from ECW. When really? He come hang out with ECW. So I got to see him again. Uh, Dave Lagana. They've put together a fantastic locker room. Very relaxed locker room. It's not uptight like other companies I work for, excluding ECW, of course. Um, and I, those, it's, it's a great place to be. And the crowd, you know, being in that studio environment was fantastic. And everybody was just talking about how lean I've gotten, how I haven't lost a step. People said, I don't like I've aged. And, you know, for people that haven't seen me, I've, I'm down to 205 pounds. I'm, my weight size is what it was in high school. Um, I am the leanest I've ever been since my early 20s, and I will be 49 in a few weeks. You you are looking, I mean, I myself got to tell you, you are looking fantastic, brother. I mean, seriously, Thanks. like, I don't know what your magic is that you're doing, but uh, it's working. <laughs> CW, I, I remember a show... <laughs> back on my food i'm taking a uh, part of a company called uh, uh market america where I, I supply and sell an isotonic product which is you know basically powdered vitamins and they're all top shelf they're all tested there's no peel forms where it takes four or five hours to digest it instantly goes in your body because you mix it with water which is basically sending like an iv and <clears throat> between the few things that i've been taking that's been the transformation since may i've lost 40 pounds and Four sides off my waist. Um, 
you know, like I said, the, low, the leanest I've gotten so far is 202 pounds, but right now I'm about 205. Did, tell wow. me what you remember. Uh, I'm going to take you back a little bit to, I think, around September of 99. Um, what do you remember about the Anarchy Rules show? ECW, uh, and I think it was... Um, I debuted as a dark match with Danny Dorn and Roadkill. My partner was Bill Wilde. It wasn't even a dangerous alliance then. And yeah. dark match. And I remember before um, Tommy Dreamer grabbed me before I went out. And he told me, okay, well, we're allowed to cuss on here because I'd like to say a couple, couple cuss words. Oh, yeah, you can cuss. Uh, we were free. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Tommy grabbed me before we walked out. And he, he got right close. He said, look, he said, you got this opportunity, not because you're my friend. He said, because you're one fucking hell of a wrestler. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to go out there, steal this fucking show, and stick it up their ass at WCW that they didn't sign you. He said, now go kill it. Damn right. Beautiful. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you, I have another question. Where did the CW come from? Um, it's my real name, which is Chris Wright, and... My, uh, when I became an Anderson in 93, my partner, my, the guy that became my partner, Pat, was an Anderson who got the name from Gene, uh, because everybody knows Gene's legitimately the only real Anderson. And um, he was telling me that I had to come up with a three-letter name, because you had Arn, only there was Pat, so for a week or so, I used, I come up with like Ike and Cal, that's the only names I could come up with. <laughs> <laughs> baseball coach from Little League was my manager in the local promotion I wrestled for and I said his name was Randy Driver and I said Mr. Randy I don't have a name yet I can't figure out what to call myself an Anderson he said just use your initials and call yourself CW and it stuck so and then I got my CW hook my, my famous hands said no it's oh yeah I got it I watched Tom Cassati come out one night doing the C and it kind of hit me because I was a big fan of Tupac around I still am uh, even though he's gone <laughs> but I was Rest a big fan of peace. Tupac and he always he always did the West Side W, and I just kind of put the two together. Yep. And then you do the, the throat slit afterwards, so it works. Right. As an homage to Arn. Yep. It, which everybody need. I mean, I don't know how many people probably, everybody and their mama probably knows this, but Arn did put you over on his podcast really, really yes. well recently. So, uh, yeah. And I, I saw him at WrestleCade right afterwards. Went up and, you know, I was standing behind somebody, and he peeked around, and the guy saw me and smiled, and I hadn't seen Arn about seven or eight years and I went up shook his hand he said hey CW, how are you doing I said oh I'm doing great I said Lurk, first off I really want to appreciate the kind words you said for me on your podcast and he goes CW, you're certainly welcome he said you're deserving of the Anderson name it was a pleasure um, and uh, we just got to catching up and talking I was Preston Quinn was with him and my girlfriend Brittany was with me at the time mm. and um, he uh, you know met there we took the picture and um but we talked maybe five or ten minutes, and you know I didn't want to bother him. You know, I didn't want to hold up anybody. Then we just went on about our way. Oh, that's awesome. really well, I, I actually heard. Yeah, CW. I actually heard that Arn is pretty protective of that Anderson name. And, and I was, when I went to the power plant, I was scared to death as coming as a CW Anderson. So I kind of kept the Anderson thing low. I mean, the people that got to know me knew me. I was running as Anderson, but I didn't want to keep with Arn. And then once I got to ECW, Paul, who was, you know, used to manage Arn, give Arn a call and talk to him. And uh, Arn watched some of my work on TV. And 
Paul and Tommy said, you know, we got the idea of giving C.W. and Bill Wiles the Dangerous Alliance moniker, you know, copying you and Bobby Eaton, and we're going to put Lou with them, and Lou's going to mock, mock me, and we want to know if it's okay if C.W. can run with the Enforcer moniker, and or give my give his blessing to take the Enforcer moniker, and I remember his word was, I hope C.W. has better success with it than I did. <laughs> Beautiful. I've got a question for you. You've been around... You're you're working on your 25th year now. Okay, that's a long time to be wrestling. And you're still a relatively young man. I want to know what you've seen change over the years from when you started to now. Is it better? Is it worse? Um, the coach has gotten, in my opinion, it's kind of gotten worse and more dangerous. It's more... There's more going on now. You have to do more in the ring. You have yep. to be almost more of an acrobat. Um, there's no such thing. They, they don't slow down. If, they, if, you go out and watch, if you go out and watch a match, go out and watch mine and George South's match. Yep. The three, the three we've had and compare it to some of the stuff you see on TV nowadays. Even you and Colby's had, match. Yes. You know, CW, I, I got to tell you. Out of our hands and weren't doing anything. Today's wrestling. And I look, the guys are tremendous athletes. They're tremendous wrestlers because of the things they can do, the things they can remember. But the Lom's career is unfortunately going to be short because you can't keep that pace up and keep doing that for the years. Well, that yeah. I, have. I mean, you, well, you look at, I mean, you know, years ago they told Matt and Jeff that, you know, their careers are going to be, sh you know, and, and Edge and Christian were going to be sh cut short because of their TLC matches that they had. And, and you look at Edge and Christian. Uh, retired. Matt's on, almost on his way out. Jeff is definitely beat up, and you know, and you look at what the guys are doing today, and like you said, they are tremendous athletes and and everything else. But you can't keep on doing apron bumps and and not expect to have your career shortened by at least five or ten years. Oh, easily. I always tell people when I when I train and teach seminars that we all have a bump card, and one day your bump card is going to be filled up, and it's not going to take much. Um, I saw mine was years ago when I had liver failure and blew my back out, but I was blessed enough to have great genetics to recover from it. Um, CW, I've, I've got a question for you along those lines, because what, what you're saying ties directly into this question. You know, we know that taking unnecessary risks can shorten your career, but now we're seeing the women do incredibly dangerous things and to the point where the wrestling hurt, which is is a no-no, and you know that. You never wrestle hurt. And I don't like what I'm seeing with the women. Do you have a, an opinion or a thought uh, about what the women are doing to their bodies these days? I mean, look, just the other day, we saw... A woman damn near out on her feet trying to go through a table. Talking about the TLC match. Yeah, which, which I think Charlotte, right? Charlotte Flair. Got, 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 uh, the concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. referring to. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, we were talking. We actually had it at the NWA. We had a like a two-hour meeting about the concussion protocol um, about that. Well, not particularly about that, but what happens when we get a concussion, and you know, because we're all brothers in there. And, Mm -hmm. we, are, we as men and I'll get to the women's thing but we as men try to be tough guys and try to fight through it because I know I've done it 
I've been not busy in those matches and continued. I may have um, repped a few of them. <laughs> yeah, the, the women, the women's wrestling has begun. It's got so it's gotten really good. They, they are trying to compete on the levels with the men because sometimes got men don't take the women's wrestling seriously, and they've they've come a long way. And I applaud those women because they're tremendous athletes and again tremendous wrestlers and the unnecessary risk. But it all stems back to because a lot of times people and even in uh, they they say it started ECW because of the things we were doing the, the chair shots because we used to get heat if we put our hands up. Uh, Fifteen of my twenty some concussions are coming from Balls Mahoney's chair shot, and I wow. was you know to not put my hands up um, because yeah. it, it looked it looked more real. Um, by the same, by the same token, though, you know, ECW been evolving with what we know and what we can take from our bodies, and it's an unnecessary risk. Um, because I, I tell people this: you go out there and you kill yourself. You can't do it on a nightly basis because that's why people get hooked on painkillers, alcohol, different things. The fans don't—they won't care. They don't care about you to an extent. At the moment. You're a god to them. You're you're you know you're larger than life, but they're gonna forget about you when they go home. They'll mm-hmm. run, but they don't care that you got to ride in the car for three hours and you're all banged up, yep. or that your legs broke or your nose is busted or anything. They don't care. They just care to see you perform, and that's why we go out there and wrestle hurt because that old saying when wrestling the show must go on. And you, I wrestled hurt. I wrestled my back, my back out. I wrestled for months with a fractured ankle. I mean, I, I can recall recent recently, I mean, I think it was, what, two or three years ago, where you had the match with uh, two cold Scorpio where he landed wrong on you, no fault on either one of your parts, and, I mean, you got knocked silly, and that... I feel like I got knocked unconscious. Yeah, yeah, not, I shouldn't say knocked silly, yeah, you were, you were knocked unconscious, and even watching that video, I remember I texted you right after I saw it, I was like, holy shit, are you okay? You know, like uh, it, it was just scary. With, with that, it, it was a, it was a you know I don't know why Scorpio did the move. He told me he wasn't going to do it because the ring was unsafe. The padding was sliding around everywhere. And if you looked up, if you go on YouTube and search CW Anderson. It's not their conscious. That's the video they're talking about. And when I went, I was I wasn't laid down properly. And when I laid my head down, it was against plywood. And the last thing I remember is Scorpio going up. I'm I'm looking at the vision of it right now, but not being conscious. You see, you see my wife dive in. You see, you hear Steve Carino say, "Turn the camera off." I was not being conscious for seven minutes. My lips turned blue after like two or three. Um, after that, I had a I had memory loss for nine months, and I stuttered for nine months. Yeah, CW. I, I have a question for you. Scorpio holding my head. My wife literally throwing up. Wow. I, I've got a question for you. I've been in situations where I've seen wrestlers refuse to wrestle in an unsafe ring. Do you not have the right to refuse to wrestle in, in a ring that is unsafe? Go ahead. Yeah. What were you going to say? Just gonna go out there. We took it a lot. Scorpio, when Scorpio and I wrestled, we go, we wrestled kind of strong style because both he and I were real big in Japan over there for a while. And we actually were taking that match a little easy. And for some reason, it was just it's a fluke accident. It just it, it happened. Was. I was laid wrong. I was positioned angle, you know, with my head against the wood. 
if it had been against the bat, it probably would it probably just give me a concussion. But uh, we have the right to say no. And after that incident, I will not wrestle. If, the, if they got padding going everywhere, the boards popping up, and because they don't guys are too damn cheap to buy a good ring or to rent a good ring. Hey, I'm thank you. And, and I brought that up because I've actually seen it happen. I've actually seen, I, I saw a show where the plywood actually popped up from the, from the, uh, the canvas. You, you could see the outline of the wood. And I thought to myself, somebody's going to kill themselves. That's crazy. He, um, the, the promotion that, uh, Angelo is, uh, familiar with up there is, uh, you probably, you may have actually been up there a couple times is, uh, the dog promotion, D-A-W-G in Jersey. I don't know if I have or not. I was thinking, you may, I was thinking you may have done NWA dog back, you know, at some point in your, you know, in all your I years. Have, all these years, all the, the letters run, kind of run together. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of runs together, doesn't it? Like, yeah. exactly. Um. I, I was I, I was going to ask you uh, when you you said you were down there at the power plant. I'm assuming you were you were trained by Sarge, correct? Right. Yeah. Well, I was. You know, I've been wrestling about six years before I went to Sarge. Let me take that back. Five or six years, and he kind of just took everything I knew and fine tuned it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of took me under. He took me under his wing, um, and finally, it got to the point where he was actually having me train guys. Up down there. Yeah, I w he would be working out with Goldberg or different guys like that, and I was working out with the Natural Born Thrillers. Wow. Rude, oh, wow. Uh, Chuck Palumbo, Mark Jindrak, those guys teaching them things. Now, I got the one there being trained. Well, I, I got to ask you, you mentioned Goldberg. I mean, <laughs> he has got a reputation in the business, you know, for d various things. What was your opinion of him way back then, if you even have one? I mean, like... I, I really don't. I, I didn't really get to talk to Bill when he would come in. He he came the one time that I do remember him coming in was during my tryout when all the marks were there trying out with me, and they ran us outside because they didn't want to you know expose the business, so they put us outside. But I did. I did. I met Bill a couple times in Japan, um, and you know there's a few moments I've gotten to speak to him. He's been very cordial and very nice. I have no ill will towards He's treated me with respect. Well, there you go. Now I got to ask. You, you did take you you actually have had the honor of the moniker of the extreme horseman that you uh originally did if, if i'm not mistaken with mlw is that where y'all got your start pretty much with that the extreme horseman no, actually it was in dusty rose's tcw okay down in georgia um dusty set myself steve carino steve carino and barry windham down one day and um he goes you know, he has an idea of forming a faction with us three. He says, you know, CWU and Steve came from the extreme, and Barry was an original horseman, so I thought about calling you guys the extreme horseman. Um, so, you know, we loved the idea and kind of ran with it, and then we took it over to MLW, and that's where we gained notoriety with it, was at MLW. Okay, I I, I didn't realize that. I, I'm sorry, I forgot that you had gotten there, down there with Dusty, but... Yeah, and, and we, we, that's when... When Barry had kind of quit wrestling, so even at ECW, Steve and I had and Simon had an idea of being a team at ECW because we all three were so close. And then we got the chance at uh, MLW. Right, and then people can actually again. I was going to plug it. You can look it up on YouTube. Y'all had uh, one, uh, you know, that the one of the 
most brutal war games matches out there. I mean, they actually start making a, you know, the clips start floating around again when war games just happened recently with the WWE. And um, I was just going to ask you really quick, what was it like being in that ring with Terry Funk? I mean, I know you've been in there a couple times, but he is definitely a one of a kind, isn't he? Um, he's, and I just told this at NWA last week, uh, Terry's like the only man I'm legitimately scared of in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you watch the war games, he hits, he beats me with a kendo stick and I am legitimately running from him. I'm not sitting there selling because it hurts so bad. He throws a wooden chair across two rings and hits me in the wrist. Um, then there's one part he comes and he has his hands wrapped in barbed wire and, um, Terry Funk's holding me down with a... Uh, my shirt or his shirt or something and I'm trying to get up and run from him because I knew Terry was going to kick my ass. <laughs> CW, we, we had Davey O'Hannon on two days ago and he told us a Terry Funk story from uh, his days in Texas. Without repeating it here, I'm going to let Jeff know. Jeff, when, when you talk to CW off the air, yeah, tell him that story. Oh, I will. I will. That was, that's pretty. It's pretty fun. Terry played a pretty funny rib on the kid, the guy. He he was the real man, and, and they had a three hundred fifty mile trip down there in Texas. And and Terry said that he was more over than uh, basically than Davy Crockett himself. And, <laughs> and so it's just a pretty uh, funny story there. Now you're during um. You, your tours of Japan, that was all with Zero One when you did your 50, or, or your, yeah, your 50 tours that you did over there. Who, Alec, just curiosity, I don't, I'm not good with the Japanese names, but who would you, is there anybody that the fans would recognize today that you were, you know, in the ring with Japanese wise? Because I know that the New Japan is starting to really make some headway here in, in the States. Masato um, Tanaka was a, was one. Yep. Because you know he did his infamous, infamous matches with uh, Mike Austin in ECW. Yeah. If you're a Japanese fan at all, you know who Shinya Hachimoto was. He was our boss, and you know he was the top guy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hidaka did some stuff in ECW. He was there with us in Zero One. Um, that's pretty much. You, know, you might know Shinjiro Tani from his uh, New Japan or with when he was doing the Super Juniors and stuff with Chris Benoit and Eric okay. Kuro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are probably the main ones you would know. I mean, I, I, I got to share the ring with. Now, um, I mean, I think everybody probably associates your name with Tommy Dreamer and your infamous I Quit match that you had. And that was, I mean, that thing is, I mean, a lot of people have actually said, I've even seen it, you know, online. You know, people have said that's probably even better than the Magnum and Tully. Did you guys like try to pattern yourselves after that match, or were y'all just kind of going in there and doing your own thing? A little bit of both. The, the week, the week of, um, I, I, when I was I was doing cardio a week, and I watched that match over and over and over, just the psychology of it and the style. Um, I don't know personally, you know, Magnum and Tully, for, for what it was worth. It people say ours and Magnum and Tully is the two best ever, mm-hmm. and it's a debate on who the best is. And, you know, I would never put myself as the best at all. To me, it's always going to be Magnum and Tully's match. Um, I think with more time, Tommy and I might could have eclipsed it or could have gotten, I, I don't know, with more drama because our feud was rushed because it was the ending of ECW, even though we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did go in there and just kind of wing a lot of stuff um, to throw it together. And... The, the one thing, you know, it's the great 
thing about that match was it happened on January 7th, 2001, which was my 30th birthday. Wow. I did wow. Not know yeah, January 7th, my birthday. You know, I was born in 71, so Cliff's 30 years old. And what, you know, where, where you say you were at on your 30th birthday, and I'm, I can, I was having my most iconic match that people are talking about 20 years later. Yeah, you're, you're main eventing a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we weren't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, no, go ahead, CW. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to okay, cut we, you. We weren't main. I think that the heavyweight, we were somewhere... We weren't even semi. We were near, near, near the end. But nobody knew because there was a bunch of people think that, that Tommy, Tommy, and I couldn't pull it off because I quit matches are so hard to pull off, mm-hmm. and nobody's had a good one um, since Magnum and Tully to some extent. I think Flair and uh, Funk had a good one. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, our driving force was to have the match of the night. It clearly was. And my other iconic memory from that match is I'm standing in the. Tommy tells me. Beforehand, if we have a good match, I'm going to shake your hand. You know, if we don't, then uh, he didn't really say anything. But he shakes my hand as he leaves the ring. 3,000 fans are standing on their feet, applauding me, chanting, She fucking dub. She fucking dub. Yep. Uh, People started doing for me. I got it at the ECW arena when I worked super crazy. And then I got it there. And it was. It would get to the point where I was starting to get over as a baby face just before, even though I was a heel, my work. You know, they would write by me in magazines saying that, you know, no matter what show you go to at ECW, C.W. Anderson is not going to have a bad match. That's, that, that, that is C.W., I, I've got a question for you. Jeff has been teasing me all day with some kind of uh, huge announcement you have here, and he's kayfabing me, and uh, and I'm chomping at the bit. I want to know what, what this this huge announcement is it was gonna be him being on the nwa they i i didn't know that the that episode had aired yet that was it that was the big uh deal so yeah i was opening so on episode 10 of the nwa when i called to confirm him to come on the air he happened to be there shooting it and he answers it i hear this commotion i'm like all right i'm gonna make this quick and then i thought i like it cut him off I had to text him back and I was like, brother, I didn't mean to cut you off if I did. He was like, no, I'm at the NWA TV tape. And I was like, oh, shit, congrats. <laughs> so, um, yeah. well, congratulations, yeah. brother. Yeah, that was. Now, I mean, I personally, I, I mean, I, I would love to see. I mean, and I don't want to, you know, release anything because I know that they pre-tape and everything else. I, I think that there's nothing more fitting than an Anderson name and the TV title that go hand in hand. Um, but and I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to divulge anything, but that's just my personal opinion, CW, that the Anderson name needs to go with the TV title. They got the TV right. title tournament, so um, it would just kind of be fitting, in my opinion. But right. <laughs> now um, I was going to ask you also the uh, during your ECW days. Paul Heyman is infamous for his Kool-Aid speeches. How true is that? 100%. 100%. Okay. So He is is notorious for making you believe and follow him into hell. Yes, sir. I am through his teeth. Because to this day, he does owe you a, a portion of money. At, um, uh, he owes everybody money. <laughs> hang, on, what was, hang on, what was that number again, C Dub? 
55000 <laughs> And would you still work for him if he opened up a promotion tomorrow? More than likely. <laughs> Everybody says that. Shane Douglas has put it out there, so I'm not telling tales out of school. Says Paulie owes him $144,000, but he'd work for him tomorrow. What, what is it about his enigmatic energy, his, uh, this force field around him, that he just draws people to kill themselves for him? What, what is it about this guy? So my, so I look equivocated to imagine, have you seen the movie 300 with uh, Joel yes. about the Spartan Army? I sure have. Okay. Remember the speeches that Leonidas would give him before they go into battle? Yes, sir. That's Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's true everywhere. And he would give us these speeches and it gets you so energized to go out there and kill your damn self for these people. And then, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, I was opening match and to stand there and to hear that ECW boom hit and know you're going to be the first one to walk through that curtain. Holy hell, man. No. It is an unbelievable feeling. Just, you would jump off a building because the, you, you could get hurt. I got a question for you about that because I, I never thought about this until you just brought it up. You know, it, it used to be that the opening match was looked at as what they used to call the curtain jerker. It was not an, uh, the, It was not the place you wanted to be. But more and more Guys are wanting that first spot. Tell me about the pressure uh, or the anticipation of what it's like to be in that first that first spot. Your adrenaline is at an all-time high. There's no drug that can compare to that adrenaline rush. And the reason a lot of guys want that spot is the crowd is hot for wrestling. They haven't seen anything. They haven't seen any moves. You can go out there and do an arm drag, and they're going to pop for it. Um, that's why they want that spot at an ECW. They're crazy. They were crazy, ravaged. I mean, everything. And you go out there when that music hit, and oh God knows, man, the feeling was unbelievable. It's adrenaline rush to get that, and I got that again with Shane Douglas's first House of Hardcore. No, 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 no. Sorry, that's the triggering thing. Hardcore yeah, yeah. Homecoming. Um, when they brought it back at the ECW Arena, and myself, Simon Diamond, worked, uh, Chris Chetty, and Mikey Whipwreck, and the electricity was so hot when Simon and I stepped through the curtain, we were shaking and almost emotional. It was everything we could do to keep it calm. And when we get in the ring, uh, Chetty and No and Mikey get in the ring with us. And Simon looks at me and he says, we might as well take it home right now. It don't get any hotter than this. The <laughs> exactly. The crowd was for us. Wow. See, now, I've, I got a question for you. You mentioned earlier, earlier on in the show, you mentioned working with George South. He, he's a guy that uh, we've reached out to to come on the show. What, he seems like a nice guy, but he also seems like a very intense individual. Tell me a little bit about George. George. George South. George is, you know, I've known George for a long time. Uh -huh. but until I started working at AML, 
I never got as close to him, and especially once I started sharing the ring with him. He is one of the most underrated people I've ever been in the ring with. One of the smartest I've ever been in the ring with. Um, he was able to call three 20-minute matches with me. They all be different, and we all not do one move out of the 80s. He's intense about the passion for the business. He is one of the nicest people you will ever meet. Um, but his knowledge is unprecedented for this business. It, it, you know, when I worked him a few Sundays ago, I'm sitting there watching him pace back and forth, knowing what he's doing in his head is getting his stuff together to call this match. And, it's, and I'm enamored. I'm enamored by George. And he doesn't like stupid people in this business asking stupid questions. That's where he gets his intensity from. It's just, you know, the disrespect for professional wrestling. Uh, but he is, uh, this man will give you the shirt off his back. Um, and, you know, I could I could talk 30 minutes about George South, but I've actually wanted to go to his school and learn under him. And I've actually wanted to ride the roads with him to learn to do what he can do in the ring. Because somebody said the first time George and I wrestled, they, they had the people watching, and the promoter said, I want you to take a look at this. They said, everybody knows those two men in the ring talking about George Knight. He said, when's the last time you've ever been in a ring with C.W. Anderson and he not called a match? That's true. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. And that's the trust I have for George South. And for some, for me to let somebody else call it, yeah, that's a, that's a rarity. And, and you actually threw a very rare drop kick. I've actually been throwing several drop kicks because of 205 pounds now. I can actually get up. There you go. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I can count on one hand how many times I've actually seen you throw one in your career. And I've known you a good portion of your career. And uh, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll say it's a, it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, George South is so, I mean... He's honest to God, old school through and through, but he loves, you're right, he does, I mean, his love and passion comes through whenever you hear him even just talk about it, you know, and he does have a respect for the business, for what it was and what it could be and what it should still be that isn't as guarded and protected by a lot of these younger guys, and I'm not putting down the younger guys at all, but they don't protect it like we used to even. Now, I mean, I okay, I got to ask you, I, I mean, very. some people may know, some people may not. You were briefly part of the WWE's resurgence of ECW. Yes. And you actually got to wrestle CM Punk. Now, that was your second time, I believe, because you had faced him once in ROH, right? Yes. First time. It was my only TV match. Was uh, that, that match with uh, with with uh, – with them on the ECW, what was that like? I mean, I, I mean, how bad? I, I, I hate to use the word, but how bastardized did they make their water down that ECW version with WWE? Well, I, I, Jeff, I've got a question. I want to know how close he was to actually signing. He was. You were, you were actually signed, weren't you? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, you were. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. The only thing. Well, that answered the next question. <laughs> well, I was going to say the one joke that me and CW used to have, he knew I used to get the, the 24-7 when it was on cable. And I'd say, okay, CW, you got a residual coming because they aired one of your matches. 
And, and he would laugh and say, okay, I got a $5 check coming. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> now do you, do you still even get a residual from them with the, the WWE network being in place now? Or no, I, I, I don't, I haven't gotten one in years, man. They're long enough to earn some of the things, like some of them get on, on a yearly basis. But, um, I used to get one every year. Right. And that's been, it's been several, a few years since I've gotten one. Right. Um, but yeah, to go back to your question, they definitely watered it down after the first night at ECW Arena. It was supposed to be Paul and Tommy's baby again, and then Vince took it back over and brought his guys over. And it was it was never, you know, I, I once that happened, I didn't want to be there anymore. I couldn't get out of there fast enough at the end of the night, and when I wasn't used, I'd sneak out and go to the next town. Uh, and it was it, it was a miserable ten months that I was there. Yeah, I'm glad today John Lauren Artis called and fired me. <laughs> not, not too many people say they were happy to get fired unless they really were. And I, I mean, I, I was going to ask you about that time when you were there. Just uh, they, had Tommy and Paul been able to maintain it, do you think that you would have been a, a vital part of that, or do you think that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tommy told Tommy told me when he called me today that day to hire me. Um, he said I was going to be their top heel. Wow. It's going to go back like it was. That's the only reason I signed because he told me him and Paul had complete control. And you know, the first night ECW Arena, Stabu and I worked, uh, so that was big for me. And then, you know, and then somewhere around the middle of it, Paul was had a little more control. He pushed me, and so I started getting wins over Stevie Richards and Shannon Moore. Um, and I don't, I don't know. After that, uh, I worked CM Punk one time, mm-hmm. and. I hurt my back working in Oklahoma City, and I was done. I didn't want to go back. Man, it was, I, I mean, you know, it was so sad to actually see, knowing what ECW had been and what it, they, they did to it, and ha- having been a fan of ECW myself and, and everything that there was, I was going to touch on you real with that. Well, really- but Jeff, let's be honest about it. The WWE did the ECW what they do to everything they touched. They fucked it up. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, that was the whole that was the whole intention to bury it. Exactly. That's I mean, exactly. You're the only person that I've ever heard CW answer it honestly and forthright. They wanted to bury it. Uh, yeah, because we were getting so much steam. We were having, we were getting getting more notoriety being sold on DVDs and stuff like that yep. than what their company was. And then there was talk about us being coming back. And yeah, that was that was Paul's thing. I mean, our Think about how history. Think about how history has repeated itself. You now have NXT, which is there for all intents and purposes, their developmental brand, pulling bigger numbers than their flagship shows. Do you do you even do you watch NXT now? I mean, do you watch uh, any of the new stuff out there, the AEW or NXT? I mean, I, I watch some of AEW. Um, I watch some of NXT. I usually watch more of their big shows right before the, the WWE pay per views. Yeah, yeah. The um, um, yeah. Um, I just I, I, for some reason I don't. I'll watch it, but I, I don't watch it. You know, no, no, I, I get. I've been it. watching the. Yeah, I just. I get it. I, I can't. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't fathom. 
Well, I mean, I just I was wondering with uh, Steve because I know Steve is very well associated down there with NXT as one of the uh, he's an agent and a trainer down there, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um and and uh, I, I think he's doing a tremendous job. I mean, he actually it looked like he agented one of their the NXT women's very first women's only shows recently. So. Um, that tends to be, I mean, I think Steve's doing a really good job down there with them. I, I was just oh, wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, now, I got to ask you this. If you were asked to come down there as a guest trainer even for Steve, would you do it? Oh, as a guest? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that, I've got a question for you. You know, CW, uh, there comes a point in every wrestler's career when they got to think about life after wrestling. Is your thought process even remotely near there yet? Uh, and have you given thought to what life without wrestling would be? Or do you want to somehow keep yourself involved in the business, maybe opening up a school or uh, a training center somewhere? I don't know if I want to open up my own school anymore. I've done that. And it's a really, it's a really big headache. I've actually been thinking about, you know, how much longer I'm going to do this. Um, I've had developments, developments in my life in the past six, seven months. It's made me really hard, think hard about my future as a wrestling and 10, 15 years down the road. Um, and I don't know. I, I thought I, at one time, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, I said I was going to wrestle until I was 50. And, you know, I'll be 49 next month. In a few weeks, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but not, I've never imagined I'd be in this kind of shape. I never imagined my career would have this kind of resurgence at 48 years old. It, it, um, you know, people tell me I don't look like I've aged. So as long as I can still, as long as I can still perform at the level that I'm performing at now, I'm still going to do it. And well, you look terrific. I got to tell you. I don't want to walk away from this business injured to where I can't walk. Right. Um, exactly. Well, I mean, I know that Arn Anderson, somebody had even asked once, uh, they were on, on, you know, his uh, podcast that he does, that they were asking him about the spine buster, even delivering it. And he said it does torque your hips in a very, very bad way, eventually. And, and, and my, knee, my left knee is, recently I've been noticing when I land with it, it's, it's un, I even, I don't say I dread giving that spine buster, but when I'm in the midst of it, I'm going down, I'm bracing because I know once I hit that left knee, it's going to be a crazy impact because nobody that gives a spine buster, and, you know, I love Arn and his, but not even he got the torque off of it that I do because I can even either stand up to my feet or I can spin around 360 degrees yep. off of it. Yep. So my body takes this tremendous torque off from it. Um, I mean that is a. I mean your your spine buster next to arms is probably the prettiest that I've ever seen, if not even better. And that's not me just saying it because I'm your friend. I mean seriously, I'd argue for fans to actually compare the two. And and I mean Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know it's, it's yeah an honest comparison because a lot of them. This is the thing that infuriates me with the wrestling fan is they put Carl Anderson, Ron Simmons, The Rock, Triple H, they all put their spine buster up there, and they're not that good. Nope, they're not even in my league. Nope. And they, they won't even, mine's not even up there because I don't have the name notoriety of those guys. Uh, and I have spine busters now that, that literally, you know, when I used to give him the balls, he would stand me back to my feet. Um, 
and I have them on my uh, Instagram page and Twitter where I'm spinning and popping up, you know, three, four feet off the air from it. Nobody has the recoil, and it doesn't look as good as mine does. Yeah, that, that's the guy's honest truth. That That's not him just bragging on himself. That is, I mean, I would challenge anybody out there to go and watch it and try to say that it looks like crap. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, now, um, I, you, uh, what are you up to right now these days? I mean, I know that you've been working with AML. Is that like pretty much them and maybe the NWA is looking like possibly if they, uh, you know, for the next season, anything else coming up or any tours to Japan, anything like that? Nothing of Japan lately. AML is my full time, well, you know, my monthly gig with those guys. Um, I work for big time wrestling when they come around the area a lot. So That's with Tony uh, Hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Steve Perkins, their, their promotion. So, um, that's that's pretty much it. I just try to stay as, as busy as I can. Yeah, yeah. You, you. I mean, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. You've been doing a tremendous job as far as like I, you know, the resurgence that you've been having and and looking great out there. I mean, I, I when I put you over even on Facebook, that's not again not me just putting you over because I'm your friend. I mean, seriously, you, you, I. I you look better now than I when I last saw you in VCW, you know, live in person, and that is just I, it's awesome. So I got a question. <laughs> well, you I was going to tell you, CW, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up for the night, but we would love to have you on again um, sometime here in the near future um, because I know you know we got you know people got the Christmas holiday that we're all getting ready for and all that good stuff. So first yeah, of all, I'll, I'll tell you what. I would I would like to before we before we uh, say goodnight to CW, I would like to extend an invitation to uh, CW Anderson, and also I would love I would love to have George South with him. If, if we can make that happen, that would we be really cool. <laughs> I would definitely talk to George about that. Uh, I appreciate yes, that, man. If we can make that happen, brother. I'm gonna treat you to the biggest, biggest <laughs> slice of New York pizza you ever had. I think, I think if I think if George knew that I was coming on, he would actually do it with me. Well, I mean, uh, put it we'll, out. There. Me and you will get together and we'll figure that out. And maybe uh, get you with George and and we'll kick that around and see what we we can make happen here in the uh, next year. So, but anyway, on that note. Um, where can the fans reach you on your, you said you got Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Where, where can they find you at? Everything is ECW Anderson. There you go. Simple. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking the time with us. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, and Jeff, thank you for, uh, for setting this up. This was, uh, this was all you, babe. I, 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 you know what? I appreciate. I've known CW for damn near over twenty years, and and I've been in the ring with him as a referee. Uh, you know, me and him have, you know, we've shared a lot of even personal phone calls. You know, and it, just in life in general, he's a great friend of mine. Um, I can't thank him enough. You know, thank you very much for coming on here tonight. I really appreciate it, CW. You're welcome, buddy. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. All right. All right. Merry Christmas. Guys, and everybody that's listening, thank you so much for all the years of being a fan. Without you, I'm nothing. Thank you, CW. Thanks. Have a great night. All right, take care, guys. Take Good care. Bye-bye. Good night.
great interview with C.W. Anderson. And congratulations on joining N.W.A. Power. Yeah. That's big one, That's big. I'll say, you know, I got... As you know, my I got my wrestling collectibles out there. Probably one of the things that I, I hold near and dear to my heart is one of his uh, ring use singlets that he uh, wore on a couple of ECW pay-per-views. And, um, you know, to actually, and, I, and, you know, once sold me, he gave it to me. And for anybody in the business to have another wrestler give you something, that says a lot. Yeah, sure it um, is. You know, I, 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 you know, he, he's a great friend of mine, and you know, I couldn't think him enough. So, uh, well, <laughs> I want to say uh, a personal thank you to you for setting that up. But like I, I told, I'm going to share something with everybody listening. I told Jeff the ref, this is his baby, it's his episode, and I was yeah. going to pretty well stay quiet except for a couple of questions. And so did I keep my word? Oh, I think that I, I enjoyed that one very much. And, and um, he's just, he's a great guy. I mean, you could just tell. He's uh, very humble man. He is very extremely, humble. extremely. And, and, you know, you know, we, again, just touched on, uh, you know, his, his ECW there when we could, I mean, didn't even touch on his and his WWE run. Tell me that. Tell me that wasn't the funniest comment about, uh, he was glad he got fired, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. He um I never heard anybody uh express it with such candor and honesty. That was beautiful. He he you know, he doesn't tread that line and he knows well, he doesn't have to ask you a question. So you've known this man for for over twenty years, like probably like twenty two years, right? Oh yeah, at least. So how did you actually meet? Reference I was a ref for him. In the ring. Oh, you refed for him. Okay. Yeah, I um, I refereed for him and Steve Carino back in, when they were getting started down there in Carolina, and we were all running the roads together. And they would just they happened to be at the same show I was on, and you know got to know him there. And it was just it was a lot of just bumping into each other, you know, here and there. And then um, I got to tell you, and I thought about this when he was talking. I thought it's funny. That Steve Carino, a guy from Philadelphia, had to go down south to make a name for himself. I know. It's strange. Well, I mean, back back when he did, though, that was, as crazy as it is, that was, uh, Carolina was the hotbed. And that's really where you needed to be to, to get kind of noticed. Um, you look well, at the name. That one, when Crockett was still pumping out pretty strong... No, that you're you're oh, talking right, ninety six, ninety seven. Oh, after Crockett. Yeah, yeah, and what it was, wow. what it was, you had WWE and WCW warring, and yeah. they started just handpicking indie talent wherever they could. Yeah, true enough. I forgot that. You're right. And but you had Matt and Jeff who were down there. Matt and Jeff knew Steve and CW. They had their Omega promotion that we that that we were all actually part of, myself right. included. Yeah, I remember and, me that. Um, which another one that me and him didn't even talk about was the Omega and him and Matt and Jeff and and Shannon Moore and yeah. and the North Carolina connection, I guess you would call it. Um, it, it, we just it was 
but they all, you know, slowly but surely, everybody was getting hand, you know, handpicked almost out of there, and it was, uh, it was. I mean, during that time, you could almost guarantee there was not if you weren't working steadily on the weekend, you were doing something wrong. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. You know, we were all you know, yeah, there were shows everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the indies were, were picking up like they are now. I mean back then. I, I'll tell you, and you know, and I'm I'm sure you'll tell me what it was like in Virginia, but I'll tell you here in, in Philadelphia, you could on any given weekend you could see four or five shows easily. In period. And that was no no exaggeration at all. Well, here's the deal here in Virginia, because of the Athletic Commission, right? they didn't run as many indie shows like VCW or the Virginia Wrestling Association. They were like the primary Virginia independent. Yeah. But down in North Carolina, they had no rules. And when I say no rules, you could do whatever you wanted and let loose. Uh -oh. And... I mean, you know, I, I did a show once. We did one show. What's that? Outlaws. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time outlaw. But <laughs> we actually, I mean, I, I, I doubt CW. He may, he actually, he does have good recall. But we did one show where we were outdoors at and on a car lot, RV lot in the middle of the summer, like 100 degrees. Oh, my God. And they had set the ring up, and the ring itself was probably about bacon at about 115. Like, literally, the guys would take the bump and go home. Like, it yeah. was <laughs> – oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I'm, I'm going down there to make the count. I'm going, one, two, three, okay. <laughs> Remember the show WWE did in Vegas with at Caesars Palace? They, they said – it was uh, what was it like uh, WrestleMania or Royal? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. They, WrestleMania. They said the, the ring was like hundred and thirty degrees. Yep. Yeah, it was taking bumps and going home. Yeah, that was um, that was the the, the Caesar's Palace. That was uh, I, I I I myself hated outdoor shows. I never had a good time. I've done a couple of outdoor shows for NWA Jersey. Um, I was their ring announcer, and I did some office work for them. And we did an outdoor show, a couple of them, on the beach. On Imagine this now, Jeff. On the beach in Wildwood, New Jersey. That's crazy. That, that, <laughs> I, I know that there was, we were talking to George South, and he talks about this in his book, and he actually has a picture. He did a show with him and the Italian Stallion in a ring that was on a floating dock. I saw that. I know about that. That is, you're talking, that, that's craziness right there. I mean, <laughs> yes, I'll is. tell you what, though, my, my boy George there, that CW was, I mean, he wasn't talking about school. I'd to have two of them on. I really would. Uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, I, it, I'll tell you, the, you know, talking about outdoor shows, I mean, you know, like I said, Latino Heat just came in here really quick, but he, he even said, yeah, he did what I was saying, because one of the very, actually, it was the very first show that me and Latino Heat did together, and we had drove down there, five-hour drive. 
We should tell everybody that you're talking about Latino Heat. He's the producer of this show. That's right. That is. That is our, our esteemed producer. <laughs> credit on our opening and closing credits. Yes, he does. And he well, says, well, he's so, not be to everybody. So if the show sucks, blame Latino Heat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 you, you popped him over there. <laughs> Well, Jeff, what do we got going on social media? Well, tell me what's what's happening here. Oh man, we're you know we're 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 getting new 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 followers every day on on our Twitter, um, which is found at at Wrestling with the Future, um, our Facebook page. You know, you can find us over there. YouTube, um, you know, and, and but I mean, social media wise, yeah, we're we're starting to we're starting to get a little bit of a headway out there. We're starting to get noticed. Yeah, I just want everybody to know that uh, thanks to you, we have uh, actual downloads now in the literally in the thousands. <laughs> blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> I mean, you know what? As I said earlier to you all, uh, you know, earlier today, we're, we are the little podcast that could, like the little engine that could, you know. Yes, we're going to keep on ch ch uh, chugging ahead. And, I mean, in the coming year and the new year alone, we got some tremendous guests lined up that we have mentioned. But, um, we'll tell, you know, once again, January the 14th or uh, January 11th. I don't know. Anyway, we got Baby Doll coming up. Um, that is going to be an awesome show when we have baby doll. I'm looking yeah, forward to that. January 16th, Jeff. That's it. Okay. Thank you for January the correction. 16th. I want to let everybody know that January 16th, baby doll will be here with her husband, Chad Bird. Yep. And just a few days later on the 21st, uh, and I mistakenly said, somebody pointed it out, and thank you to that listener that pointed this out. It will be our third, our third WWE Hall of Famer, Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. It's our third. The third Hall of Famer on the show. And that's going to be an exciting episode because we've got, and Boogie doesn't know this yet, but we yeah. got Davey O'Hannon going to do a run-in. And, and a couple other possibilities. Oh, yeah, a couple other things. We're floating some stuff around we can't talk about just yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so well, we got Baby Doll, we got Jimmy Valiant. Who else have we got coming up there? I know you got a couple of them. Cowboy Johnny Mantel. We've got Barbara Goodish, Mrs. Bruiser Brody. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a good show. We have, um, I'll tell you right now, real quick, uh, check our schedule. And we have, oh, my God, look. Yeah, we've got a lot of people coming. We've got, oh, Jason Nupp is coming back. The, uh, yes, sir. The action figure and toy collectible guy. Our, our second most downloaded episode, if I, it's our second most downloaded episode, if I'm not mistaken, is the one with Jason. We have the old school empire patch and Big Vinny the Fixer on the 28th of January. Uh, we have a special episode right at the start of the new year, January 7th. We are doing a social media breakdown. We're going to have the head of the Facebook Wrestling Fans page. His name is um, uh, uh, Shane McKenna. Okay. I wanted to, to make sure I got his name right. Shane McKenna. 
He'll be with us for the whole show to talk about social media and wrestling and the effect on one another. Mm. Uh, we've got Ron Starr, Ron the Shining Star. Former we've WCW. From, from, uh, yeah, Matt Tremont from CZW. Yep, yep. And Matt, uh, by the way, uh, Breaker Morant. Yes. I Matt recently. Um, I went and I checked out the promotion you told me to check out. Yes. And um, he, Breaker Morant had a match against Dirty Money, and Dirty Money is very well associated with VCW. Yes. Just to let everybody know. I'm just yes, putting that out there. there. <laughs> there is a connection there for sure. Uh, and, uh, see, so February, yeah, February looks like, um, Cowboy Johnny Mantel, Ron Starr, Matt Tremont. January, just to wrap that up, is the old school empire, Jimmy Valiant, Baby Doll, Jason Nup, uh, Social Media Invasion, and, uh, we're, we're of course, by popular demand, we're bringing back Davey O'Hannon. Yeah, and uh, we're waiting to hear on that special, special guest that you and I spoke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we're not even allowed to talk about right now. Right, and we got Mister Electricity. Oh, and Steve Regal. Yes, I need to firm up a date on him. Yeah, we're. we're um, I'm in the process of firming that one up. He he is more or less kind of said uh, uh, when we want him to give him a heads up, and he'll you know a couple days heads up, and he's ready to rock. So. Okay, well then we'll <laughs> we'll do that when uh, when you and I get off the air. We'll figure that one out. So let me just tell everybody uh, before I tell you where to reach us and how to find us. I got to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, Al Forno Pizzeria and Restaurant. They are at fifteen twenty three Holland Road in Suffolk, Virginia. So if you're in the Norfolk, Suffolk area, even Virginia Beach, a hop, skip, and a jump from Norfolk, folks. Uh, I want you to go there. It's Alforno Restaurant and Pizza, and I want you to see Nunzio. He's my buddy. He's my paisan, and I want to shout at Nunzio, como esta, muy bien. Um, they've got all the standards, you know, the spaghetti and meatball. They've got lasagna. They've got manicotti, but they've got stuff that nobody's got. They've got seafood Alfredo, pasta primavera, stuffed cannelloni with Alfredo sauce. That's Jeff's favorite. He's smiling. And Jeff is there every Friday night, usually like clockwork. <laughs> so if you want to meet Jeff the ref in person, it's easy. Spend a couple of bucks on a slice of pizza. Look for the guy in the corner hiding behind the menu. And that's Jeff the Ref Robinson. <laughs> and you can, I want everybody to know, you can reach Nunzio at his restaurant. You call him and set up a reservation or go in and tell him what you want. 757-925-2829. Once again, they are at 1523 Holland Road. In Suffolk, in Virginia. He should be in New York, but what do I know? He's in Virginia. Hey. So now, with that out of the way, yep. you can reach us, as Jeff said, at Wrestling Future on Twitter. Facebook is Facebook.com, Wrestling with the Future. 
You can email us at wrestlingwiththefuture at yahoo.com. Uh, we will take your questions and comments there, or just feel free to comment on any of our social media pages. If you have any suggestions for guests, by all means, drop us a note and let us know who you'd like to see on the show. I'll say this. If they are associated with the WWE or under contract, we probably will not be able to get them. Well, speaking of the WWE, <laughs> that's about as much as I can say about that guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 we heard an opinion about them earlier, didn't we? <laughs> Most certainly we did from C.W. Anderson. Yeah. Who held yeah. nothing back. Yeah. All right. And if there's nothing else, Jeff, um, tell everybody you can also reach us on iTunes, yep. iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, <laughs> on the road and on the go. We are wherever you are. And even on the planet Mars. Yep, and in the, like Jeff likes to say, in the fillings in your teeth. <laughs> so, for Jeff the Ref Robinson, I am Psychic Medium Angelo signing off. Happy wrestling, everybody. Merry Good Christmas, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. And please not be died from our uh, producer, Latino Heat. <laughs>